Okay, welcome everyone to episode six of Runtime Reverie. Today, Craig is uh, out of action, but Hot Take Pat is around, and uh, we'll be uh, talking about some interesting, interesting news and some interesting engineering and software-related topics. So, let's see what's on the ticket this week. Um, how are you doing, Pat? All good? Yeah, all good. Just um, been preparing for this conference talk, so um, going to America in, in less than a week. Um, so yeah, oh, first yeah. time there. What's so, the yeah. conference? Which conference are you going to? It's uh, ElixirConf uh, USA. So it's like this uh, programming language called Elixir. It's got like a really good community. And um, yeah, just the first time applying for this conference and got in. So um, that was pretty pretty cool. And so now I have to live, live up to it. Oh, fantastic. I think you actually got interviewed for that conference recently, right? About your um, your topic. So we might yeah, that's right. We'll link it in the notes so people can go check out more about it. And yeah. Um, yeah, you have to, you know, when you reveal reveal your thing, you have to tell us all about it. That'd be awesome. Uh, okay, so in the news this week, I, I, was, I started telling you about it before, but Snowflake, um, I, just for the audience, Snowflake is a sort of a data warehouse and BI tool, very popular in enterprise. It's actually a fairly new business. It's only been around since 2012. Um, uh, we used it extensively in uh, one of my recent roles. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a great tool. Uh, super, super scalable. Uh, very, very powerful. And it's sort of come into the spotlight recently uh, because of AI, right? Because what does AI depend on? Lots and lots of data. So uh, that's interesting. Um, they just released their earnings recently, and it was, I thought that was interesting just because of what's what's happening in the market, right? So they uh, they have let me get the numbers here: um, increased revenue um, to six hundred seventy-four million from four ninety-seven the prior the prior quarter. So revenues up. Um, their uh, their losses, however, are still significant. So. They've got significant revenues, but they're, they're losing money at the end of the day. Um, and is that from is that from sale? They've got a large sales team, or how? Um, I, I haven't looked at the um, the sort of details to see exactly where the spend's going. I'm sure you could look it up. They'll because yeah, that's the thing, right? Like I don't I I don't know the full details, but the stories are here of like Atlassian was that they were sort of bootstrapped from the ground, and they you know. Organically, they didn't have a sales team, um, which is sort of surprising because the lessing products aren't my favorite. But um, yeah, so I was wondering if they, they, it feels like they, tech companies sort of choose one of two, you know, sales first, sales led or product led. Yeah, I mean, the, the model, uh, you know, even into late last year was very much focused on most businesses pushing to, uh, to grow. So it was all about growth, not necessarily about uh, uh, profit, right? Like with profit was not that relevant. So you, you at all costs, try and grow, try and get more users, more revenue in the door. Even if that means you're spending more money, right? Even if that means you're losing money at the end of the day, right? Um, so in this case, like just to give you an example, uh, and I'll I'll pull up the numbers now. So this this last quarter, they had revenue of uh six well uh, this is actually the april quarter 623 million but their net income was negative 225 million 
right? So uh, they are likely just spending more to acquire um, that revenue. And then there was a very typical pattern. What I'm seeing, and I've seen this even local businesses, I spoke to um, a COO just a couple of days ago here in Melbourne, very similar pattern where uh, up until fairly recently for them, they were just pushing for growth, 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 growth at all costs, literally just uh, in their case, uh, they were a scale up, they were just taking um, uh, investor money and just using that to grow. So sales teams, new offices and new new locations, growing into um, new, new uh, locations and just trying to get more revenue in um, and not worrying so much about cost, right? So they, they grew headcount dramatically to support that. And now, uh, yeah, no, this, the, you know, what's happened? Interest rates are up. Investors are wary. They want to see uh, profitable businesses. They don't want to see money losing businesses. And so uh, everything's having to change around. And, and, and in the case of my friend's business, they've had to fire a lot of people. They, you know, they reduced something like two thirds of the headcount back to where they were many years ago just to try and get closer to profitability. Right. Um, now, I don't see Snowflake doing that yet, but I just thought that was interesting because I've seen that broadly um, happen to many businesses. So, yeah. Yeah, do you, do you think they have to get to a certain scale because of like what they have promised or like if they just decide to cut it, cut like um, go lean now, would they just be, they'd be people would be disappointed because it's like, oh, they're only like a $2 billion company, but we're expecting them to be a $20 billion company. You think that's um, the expectations are so high, or yeah? I mean, just I'm just looking at um, uh, some of their public numbers here. So uh, they've raised uh, two billion dollars, right? So they're public now, two billion dollars. That's pretty significant. Um, you have to go look at you know the sort of pattern of how they've raised that. Um, yeah, so their IPO raised 600 mil prior to that. All the, all the rest was prior to that. So you'd, exp I, I would think, like again, like many businesses, not to single them out, they're not unique. Um, they'll have a significant um, pressure to to grow revenue because of all the investment put in to maintain us to to sort of uh, maintain a certain valuation in the eyes of the market, right? And none of these business, or very few of these businesses, have gone through any sort of down round or re sort of you know, significant adjustment yet. So yeah, it's interesting. I suspect that's probably what's going, what's happening in the public markets. Um, and you know, you can go look at their share price and see what's happening there, but none of that's happened to any of these private businesses yet. All these businesses, like my friend's business, you know, on the books, they're still worth what they were worth a year ago when they were, you know, 300% bigger and had a different outlook. The other interesting thing that's happening that I hadn't thought about until um, recently is uh, so because because most businesses are having to tighten their belt. What's the first thing they do when businesses tighten their belt? They they cut some expenses, right? Yeah, yeah. So when they cut expenses, that has a sort of ripple effect through all these other SaaS businesses because they all use each other's services. So then revenues tend to go down as well um which yeah because it's sort of like the some of the like the you, you will see like some new startup or whatever and then you're like oh what are you using and they're like using like a dozen or like 
20 different things and you're like holy hell like there's so much stuff here that i have to use well you know all this tooling i mean they don't have to and you sort of do wonder like oh, do they really need that one that costs 50 dollars a month so mm-hmm. yeah that is you sort of it's sort of the um survival of the fittest right like you get to see which ones which b2b SaaS companies are actually like valuable and which ones are kind of just like oh that was nice to have but it's not you know yeah yeah no one actually wanted it that badly it's it's a larger um larger scale version of what happens personally you know an, an individual may have multiple subscriptions to many different things you yeah, like the streaming the streaming services like five different video streaming things yeah like and, which one did you is netflix on top or is netflix the you sort of a bit um sick of it and you cut get rid of it yeah and it, and it matters even more in a business when uh you really should be tracking these things tracking you know why you're using it how much money you're spending on it and justifying these things otherwise they all add up it's, it's death by a thousand cuts over and over and over so interesting stuff if you're a small growing business be aware of your costs right so mm. that's it and the costs aren't just people it's also tooling and, and other services the bottom line matters awesome um what should we talk about yeah. next? Yeah, we've got a few ideas in here. Um, uh, I mean, I was wanting to ask you about onboarding. Um, or URL state was always an interesting one. Um, Remind me yeah. about the URL state one. Where'd that come from? So the this is often comes up in um, like consulting when I'm consulting with um, clients. And uh, they have some sort of states, like some sort of single page app, and they will um, might have an extra ticket to go. Oh, let's you know we've done this a search screen. You search for products that are red, and then they want to add that thing to the URL. You know, question mark color equals red or whatever. And um, so it's just like additional thing. And then now you're like syncing, you've got two bits of state that you're syncing, like the URL, and then you've got like your internal state in like the component and you're like trying to sync these two things. Um, and then it also gets into a question of um, how like you designed your routing to begin, to, your routing to begin with. So um, they might not have thought too much about their routes. Um, but yeah, that my there's sort of two aspects to it: a user experience side, and then like a simplifying code side. So the simplifying you the UX side is like kind of like in on the web, like you, URLs are just there. Like you can't have a website without a URL, and you can't really have different pages, distinct pages, without having distinct URLs. So like the user can copy the URL, and like you could they could share that with someone, and if you copy the if you copy the url your friend loads it like if you're doing like research for travel or you know hey places to see in like Korea or something like that it'd be nice if you could share that with someone and places that um products i haven't really thought about that they'll your friend will receive that url and it won't you they won't see the, the same thing because they're this sort of um it's been an afterthought the urls have been forgotten um, yeah, that's right. So if I could sort of rephrase it, the, the, the problem is uh, people are conditioned to to think that the browser, when they look at something, um, the address bar represents what they're looking at. 
because that's typically how HTML and websites and the whole web thing worked, right? You put in an address and you see the thing at that address. Then, then along came single page apps and client heavy JavaScript apps where you saw lots of things change on the client. Um, and in some cases, the link back to the address was, is missed. Uh, you, you end up storing state in some you know, local local storage or some other way and you know, store it in the session or something, and then you, you, you miss that. I, I, think, I think that expectation from users still exists. Look at, look at you know, most, most common services, YouTube, Google, Google Meet, whatever you use, uh, you can usually grab the address bar and send it to someone, and it is the thing you're looking at or the, the, the app you're in. Um, and I have seen it missed in many other single page apps, especially in inside businesses where um, it's often just neglected. You know, maybe it's not seen as terribly important, so the, the business may, may skip. Yeah, exactly. What? Like the, Not to sort of attack React or whatever, but often that's what I often worked on. And you'd sort of see like the entry point, like the routing would be done for the sort of like top level, but then you go inside and then there's like a modal or there's like different sections or different states. And so they've like used used state or something like that. And then so like, it's sort of like the route goes in, but then it sort of stops there. And then everything else is sort of just like done internally with these hooks because it's partly because it's just easier. It's just, easy, it's just, oh, use state. I'm thinking, oh, this is some state. So use, use state. And then and then to have it connect to the euro is like extra work. So it feels, feels harder and it feels um, sort of less natural because the URL sort of feels a bit slow as well. Like changing the URL doesn't feel like the sort of dynamic thing that you can just sort of do every second. Um, so yeah, it's, in terms of like solutions, what I often advocate for, which I think it depends on the team you're with and designer, but like when you've got at that mock-up stage with Figma, like try and map all the URLs like ahead of time and get the designer to think about what the URL is because mm -hmm. it is part of the user experience. Like, hey, user story, I, I can share this link with another friend. Like that's a really valid user story. Um, or even I can right click on this thing and open it in a new tab. Like that's really useful. And if you write, you probably if you've seen like some single page apps, you right click open new tab and it like takes you to like the default page. You're like, oh, I just haven't hooked that stuff up properly. Um, so yeah, that's like user experience point of view. And um, that's and a great a technical get, point. Of get, design, get design involved as well. Get them to think about that up front. Um, it's actually, you know, I know you and I worked on a project like that that, that used that. I've I've borrowed that technique and I've used it ever since as well. It's it's not <laughs> no, a lot of extra work to to keep no. keep that in sync. You know, to put some of that state in the in the address bar. It really isn't a lot of extra work. Um, and and then you know, even for your internal app and and you know. It's just so much value, right? Yeah, I, I find that because I was used to be more front end was like my role, and the front end's interesting because it's often that the integration between like the design and the back ends, like these sort of two things, sort of not all the time, but sometimes sort of get built together, and then your job is to like make them make, to glue them together, and so you sort of see these things that have been like just haven't been thought about or. Um, yeah, just having been planned ahead in advance. And it sort of reminds me of like hearing stories about builders, like this architect comes up with this like grand plan, but then the builder actually has to work out like how the bits of timber and, you know, 
hey, this bit of Tim's going to go all the way through here or whatever. You know, they don't know much about building, but they it's sort of just like left up to them. And so they're actually making pretty key decisions. And so, yeah, often what I do in my role is just like try and like prompt, get these people to sort of step up a little bit more and just try to tease out a bit more from their roles and go, okay, design, like this is your problem as well. Let's work on the URLs and stuff or, hey, backend team, um, yeah, you have. You also have to. You also have to sort of consider everything. You can't sort of just sort of be in your own little world down there. So, so do you um, actually consider the the URL, like literally the, the the URL contents, to be part of the design and UX yeah. of, of the application? You Absolutely. Yeah, because and because you know the whole thing with the web as well is that the these URLs should ideally still work. So, you don't share a link with a friend on WhatsApp, and then the site gets a redesign. And then those links are 404s. Like links should be there's some old document I think I think links should always work or something. I've forgotten how it goes, but um, like links should be permanent. Like you know, and like all that sort of redirect stuff where you do like oh, okay, it's no longer slash about it's slash team, and we need to redirect it. Like that's part of the user experience as well. And so it's not just like this like ticket where someone's like you know given this drudgery job of like set up the redirects. And it's like no one cares. Like it's actually critical, uh, like user experience thing. I think, because um, you know you might not have analytics on your four report, four four pages, or you just might sort of go, oh yeah, that's not a big problem. Yeah, amazing, amazing, great. Um, yeah, well, I was, I'm thinking of a, a good way. Maybe we can even share some examples of how to do that with. Yeah, with, that's a good it's idea. Such a good pattern. It's a fantastic pattern. And we can even show people how to do that and react and maybe share some some templates or some code. Yeah, yeah, that's um yeah, I think that there's patterns you can do in React and Angular. And um yeah, it's often just basically the solution is just to make the URL the state, the source of state. And so it feels a bit weird because you're sort of cutting out that use state layer. You, but it means you don't have the syncing problem. You just sort of say like but the URL is the state, and then everything just gets derived from that. And then if I want to change the state, I have to change the URL. And like mm. that feedback loop happens. So it sort of feels like, oh, that's going to be slower, or um, I'm missing something here. But it's actually, um, I think it's just sort of better. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Awesome. So um, let's wrap it up. Great episode. Uh, if there's anyone listening out there and you have any feedback for us, Please let us know. Feel free to DM us on Twitter, um, and uh, even just you know say um, say you're listening. This is um, it's been fun to make, and uh, we're going to keep doing it. So I'm um, looking forward to next week. Just quickly, did you have any picks this week? Anything that caught your eye? Any picks? Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you mean in terms of news? Or no, like uh, any products or anything that you sort of. Oh. Um, um, uh, any products or things I'm playing with? Well, I'm I'm playing around with Loom right now. I don't know if um, I, I think Loom's a very popular one. It's not terribly new. Have mm. I seen anything new I'm playing with? No, not particularly. Did you have any? Um, a couple. Um, there's Dash, which is Mac only, sadly, but it's a documentation app that's really good. Um, just like basically like any programming language or library. You can it will index all the docs and so you can search for them and just go, oh, what's this web API or whatever? And you can just quickly search for it and um it's really, really well done. Um 
So that just had a new version. Um, interestingly, they've changed to a subscription model, but it's not, I don't think it's going to break the bank. It's like 20 bucks a year or something. Yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, that, I think I'll make that my pick and then <laughs> leave some for next week. I'll, I'll throw one in that I've been playing with, and I haven't used it extensively, but I'm, I'm trying to get a bit better at um, SEO and uh, hmm. and you know, sort of title, you know, picking good titles and, and wording and whatnot. Hmm. There's one I ran into called keywordtool.io. Oh, cool. And it sort of builds on Google Autocomplete and helps you uh, sort of figure out what a, a, a good set of keywords to use in your article or your, your content might be. So... Instead of randomly asking ChatGPT to come up with a title, you can be a bit more specific about <laughs> the use. Yeah, that's sort of interesting because I did a little stint at an SEO place. Like the, it seemed to me the art of it was to try and like naturally like weave those keywords in. Like you don't just like just sort of shove them in or just like it has to be like look authentically like part of the, you know what someone would search for is like what you're actually talking about. So it's sort of like there's a real art to it, which I find interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Awesome. All right, cool. Great one. I'll catch you next week. Cool. And we, yeah, need, to get some, we need to get some outro music. We should do that. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Cool. Gotcha. See ya.